Welcome to the Exploring Healing Arts podcast, your go-to source for learning about different healing techniques and meeting exceptional healing arts practitioners from around the globe. Together, we explore where the physical meets the subtle, the possibilities that exist for healing, and a diverse array of methods to try, from acupuncture to yin yoga and Reiki to family constellation therapy. My name is Elizabeth Alexander. I am the creator and curator behind this podcast, a Reiki master and energy healing practitioner. This podcast is something I have dreamed of for many, many moons, and my intention is to birth the resource I wish I had had at the start of my own healing arts journey over a decade ago. Whether you are just getting started on your own journey or you are intentionally diving deeper into a healing arts practice, this podcast is the place for you. You will hear inspiring stories, get real life practical tips, and connect with exceptional practitioners and teachers from around the world. No two paths in healing are the same, but that does not mean you need to be alone. Join us to explore and experience healing together. Welcome to a very special episode. We've got Mujiba Kabugos with us today, and she is a shamanic healer, a homeopathic practitioner, body worker, educator, and healing circle facilitator with extensive education and over 35 years of private healing practice experience. Raised in the Catholic community in Santa Barbara, California, Mujiba grew accustomed to speaking with spirits through the practice of prayer. Since then, she has been profoundly influenced by experiences with teachers of a variety of spiritual traditions and local indigenous elders. She maintains a devotion to Tibetan Buddhist teachings and is a faculty member at the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. Additionally, Mujiba is a registered nurse and maintains her RN license in California to stay connected with trends in mainstream medicine. Shamanic healing is currently the primary offering of her private healing practice. Welcome, Mujiba. Thank you so much, Beth. My pleasure. (laughs) I'm thrilled to be here with you today. (laughs) I know I have been blessed to experience um, the shamanic journey with you before. And I also feel very blessed from a friend who referred me to you and a somatic experiencing practitioner who had also referred me to you. So I just feel like those are the roots that led to this blossoming this conversation happening today. (laughs) Marvelous. Marvelous. So my favorite question to open with for all guests is what is your ancestry? What are your roots and how do you stay connected to them or not? Okay. So ancestry on a number of different levels, but uh, on the ground ethnicity, I am Visayan Filipino. My uh, ancestors are all from the island of Bohol. My father uh, directly, my gr- my maternal grandparents directly, and I'm so fortunate and so grateful that they had the wherewithal to come through uh, by way of Hawaii and then onward to California. Th- my maternal grandparents um, were homesteaders in the community of La Conchita down south. You might uh, know of that because of the mudslides that had happened a few years ago. And I thought that that was um, 
so appropriate because as they looked out into the ocean, they saw islands. So that would be <laughs> like just like home for them. My mother was raised there in that community. And, and then uh, when she married my dad, they came up here and settled in Santa Barbara. So we're all very, very local and feel very connected to this place. So that's Filipino. And then um, spiritually, uh, I feel very connected in uh, a lot of different ways uh, to a lot of different traditions. I think that anything that has guided me in my travels worldwide, I was drawn to certain places or called to certain places because somehow it's uh, it was a source of spiritual home. Mm. So places like Australia and Peru, of course, and um, in different places in Southeast Asia and Nepal. And I felt that my experiences there and the actual connection with the the spirits of the land there um, in each one of those places brought, uh, enhanced uh, my uh, resonance here, my spiritual vitality. So I'm greatly grateful, you know, to have had the opportunity to go where my soul was feeling drawn. So that's kind of in a nutshell, (laughs) ancestry-wise. I love that. And I love how you are including the spaces that the land that you feel really connected to, too. I, that, um, I'm really appreciating that because I felt the same way about different places, but I've never really thought about it ancestry wise. And I think that's a beautiful connection. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so physically, where are your feet on the ground right now? And do you know the native people of the land there? Santa Barbara, California. And um, as I was saying, I was uh, raised here, born and raised here. All my Brothers are born and raised here. Our children are born and raised here. My grandparents, aunts, and uncles are all here. (laughs) Solidly in this community. Um, This feels very much solidly our home. And yes, we have um, over time uh, had um, and enjoyed a very loving and uh, friendly connection with uh, Shumish. Uh, community here. And then as I was um, referencing spirits of the land, so spiritual connections or spirit connections, maybe even further back uh, than the Shumish inhabitation here, and uh, as well as including all others that have migrated here and call this place home. Everybody's blood and bones are comprising the soil here. So Mm. I honor all of it and everyone. Thank you. Yeah. We're all part of uh, the land here. So we're just going to dive straight in. What is a shamanic healing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, shamanism is about engaging, connecting with, and engaging with the power of spirits to affect the healing. And healing in shamanism is making one, helping one, whatever being it is, to become whole in its soul. As I was saying to someone yesterday or the day before, especially in our 
lifetime and in our culture here and the way we live our lives these days, by and large, uh, we have an experience of maybe through traumas and through whatever uh, we experience in this life, a sense of dissipating, perhaps, or diminishing over time in our spirit vitality. And without a lot of opportunities to reclaim those parts back. Well, a shamanic practitioner would engage with uh, his or her own helping spirits to ask, how can we restore this person, this person's soul to wholeness? Mm -hmm. And there are a variety of uh, common and universal kinds of practices that uh, shamanic practitioners have developed and engaged with, have been taught by their helping spirits to utilize to that end. And so healing and a person experiences healing when they experience that feeling of being connected to all parts of themselves within one's own universe of self. And then of course, in the realization that that universe of self is inherently connected to the universe at large in all its layers and dimensions. So so essentially, shamanic healers work with spirits to do whatever they do. So that's the main distinguishing factor. And they have a certain way that they work with spirits. They journey out to non-ordinary reality to find them and engage them and be taught by them and serve as a kind of a bridge from those realities to our ordinary reality here on the ground. Mm. Yes. So how did you start doing the shamanic healing work? Because you come from a, a rich experience in teachings with over 35 years of private practice work as well. Where did it start? And like, how did you get here to <laughs> leading these shamanic journeys and even teaching other people to lead, you know, be shamanic practitioners themselves? Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean... Back when I was young, <laughs> you know, none of this, uh, I could never have envisioned any of this mm-hmm. at all. I wasn't well educated in matters of spirit outside of um, the Catholic Church uh, growing up. However, the Catholic Church, and particularly within the, I, I don't want to say exclusively, uh, Latin or Mexican uh, community here, but there was a very strong orientation towards the mystical aspect, um, the mystical side. So lives of saints and angels and miracles, you know, we were, we were well inundated with all of that kind of uh, experience and information. But beyond that, you know, I, I didn't know anything about Nothing. I, from the time I was born, I was, ex- I, it was projected that I was going to, and expected that I was going to be a nurse because my mother was a nurse, you know. And, um, and that's the reason why, uh, there was, uh, encouragement and support, you know, for me to go to college. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been really. My brothers didn't have that kind of encouragement. 
in the course of life. At, at one point when I'd moved back from Santa Barbara from some of my world travels, um, I was intrigued by this one little ad in the, actually in the Santa Barbara news press for, um, <laughs> for a psychic development class. Cool. Given by a man way back then in the uh, late seventies, and um, so I joined that class. And at the end, as a little bonus or as a little gift, uh, as we were ending that class, he he got a tape, a drumming tape. He learned about Michael Harner and his work. Um, Michael Harner's the the developer, the founder of Core Shamanism, and um, uh, taught us how to journey. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Hmm. Oh, wow. And, you know, so uh, that's how it started for me. Um, and I met Michael not too long after that, you know, for the first um, class, the one that you're going to be taking soon. And so, um, and then it started from there. And I, you know, I'm kind of a slow learner. So I, you know, it took me quite a few years to really understand and to realize just how much that work uh, was informing my life. Wow. From there, I diverged from nursing school. I went back and got my nursing degree uh, here at City College. And then um, after working in the hospital for a little while, I promptly got a massage certificate <laughs> and from the hospital once again. <laughs> we have a little group of uh, renegade, I call renegade RNs. In this <laughs> a lot of us started with body work or homeopathy or whatever. And so, so that started the journey. So between, you know, starting kind of having an instant massage practice, you know, and then California, and especially through Santa Barbara, uh, it's, uh, you know, every kind of, it's a smorgasbord of whatever. And back then, you know, there were a lot, I mean, we were all didn't exactly know what we were doing other than tapping into systems and, and just kind of following our gut. And so I, in my own experience, distilled you know, found what I was um, magnetized to uh, in terms of healing practices, but I did stay, remain oriented towards uh, developing uh, with healing work. Now, you know, uh, that I've retired from daily practice offering homeopathy and body work, I'm completely retired from massage practice and um, mostly retired from homeopathic work. Um, uh, I, I, my great love is to share the shamanic healing work. I, I really love sharing it. Mm. And, and I, in, in response to, to, um, our shifting, uh, relationship, just kind of overall in, in humanity to the, our divine aspect, to what, what it is that we are in that level of ourselves, in that dimension of ourselves. What are we as a soul and what do we do with that? How, how do we make it be more prominent, more central uh, in our lives and live from that place, our wholeness, living from our wholeness? What would we be like if we did that? More and more of us. So that's my interest and that's one of, besides Engaging with the spirits is, is, it's still quite fascinating. And really, frankly, I, I find it really fun because the, the spirits are always 
basically turning uh, me on my head <laughs> in the way they respond to questions about life and, um, you know, what, what's going on. Uh, you know, the, the, the spirit helpers have a, have a very interesting way of teaching. Um, everybody's spirits do. And so mine seem to be, some of them, pretty humorous. <laughs> so it, it's always a surprise and it's always a delight, you know, for me to connect and ask a question, especially on behalf of someone else. Um, it's always kind of fun to bring it back, especially their spirit power for healing. So I if I divert or if that if I answered. <laughs> yeah, no, and I really resonate with the playful part because, uh, like, when I do. Um, energy healing sessions I always tell people at the beginning I'm like I don't know what's gonna happen every time is different <laughs> you know but the one of the themes that comes through is it's almost always infused with a little bit of humor in some way that I didn't expect it mm -hmm. and I really appreciate that about spirit I guess mm -hmm. I should say yeah the other thing that helping spirits have really helped to inspire for me is the encouragement of uh, creative expression. So there have been different um, kind of chapters or different eras in my life, you know, that I've been really happy to indulge that, giving forth or extending the blessing or the vitality gleaned from spirit power through creative expression. So I had my dance era and I definitely had the music era. Um, I've formed uh, a few acapella, women's acapella singing groups and made some marvelous music with, with other women. And, and then more recently, you know, getting into more uh, graphic, you know, dr drawing my latest obsession is neurographica. Have you heard of that? No. What is that? <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Sounds I cool. I've with it. And I haven't taken, you know, their certification course or anything, but I, I love I love sharing it. And it it's an approach to drawing that um, was developed by this man um, in Russia. I think he's a psychologist, but um, his name his name is... Pavlov Piskarev, Piskarev, about maybe 15-ish-esque years ago, he developed this approach. And um, it's, it's largely aimed, the intention of it and the actual form of it is for healing the nervous system. And so in wow. your drawing, you are creating new neural pathways. And working wow. with them with a particular intention or to heal a particular challenge or obstacle or to expand a certain kind of capacity. And you also could take it in a lot of different directions. And I'm really loving it. I'm just really obsessed with it. Wow. So, um, yeah, the tutorials <laughs> are all online and most of it seems like a lot of the, um, Certified instructors for Neurographica uh, seem to be uh, Russian women, a lot of Russian women. And so they, their offerings are really um, and so enthusiastic and passionate about it. And uh, so I'm, I'm very much enjoying that. So you want to see my latest one? Yes, absolutely. So this one is an example. Wow. Wow. And for people that are listening, it's got beautiful 
like ocean colored tones. Yeah. So this is a reflection on and and uh and wanting to establish and strengthen neural pathways for dealing with um, this latest stage of life as symptoms of so-called wear and tear mm-hmm. on the body, especially uh, aging uh, are arising. Uh, you know, it's a big, a big phenomenon. I'm, you know, witnessing number one in myself and with my husband and, you know, friends all around that we're needing to pay attention and deal with this in a particular way because our generation has an expectation to remain (laughs) vital and active and creative in, you know, what's considered this last chapter of our, of of this life. And so um, that was one for establishing some neural pathways for getting myself ready to deal with this. Wow. So that's an example of how, how you can work with it. And, and it's just the sky's the limit on topics that you can make drawings about. The thing is that it starts with scribbling. It starts with scribbling. So lines, just lines all over the place, intersecting. And you, you approach making these lines. So it's kind of like an intentional doodling. I mean, they basically really look like this. There's a certain way to approach neural lines, but, you know, you just start with basically these. Then the next step is that anywhere that these lines intersect, you, you round the corners. And so it's like creating a neural junction. Right. You know, then there's certain other things that you add, but I'm getting off topic, but that's my latest creative thing. Oh my goodness. Thank you for sharing. That sounds very (laughs) enriching. (laughs) You want to explore that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have a coloring book right now that's mandalas and I'm working my way through that. But when that's feeling complete, I've got my next artistic (laughs) inspiration coming. So thank you. Also, where, where this intersects with shamanism. Yeah. I'm also drawing, you know, my neural pathways that in connection with specific spirit helpers. So there were animals I'm creating. And now I'm starting to even be inspired to as a delivery of power, because one of the ways of delivering spirit power for healing to someone is to draw as inspired by your spirit helper. And that that drawing will be infused with the spirit power you give it to the recipient and that they can hold to continue to activate and to energize themselves and stay connected to that spirit power that they just received. So now I'm being inspired to do it through that. Yeah. And you're taking something that's a lot of times, like I would call it under the umbrella of like subtle energy, right? Something that seems more esoteric or a spirit in nature. And you're grounding it into physical energy through your artwork. Mm -hmm. Which is what also what shamanism is about. Taking uh, from non-ordinary reality, from the spirit realms and walking it with practical feet. Shamanism is very practical. I like to describe ourselves, the shamanic practitioners, as housekeepers <laughs> of the soul, house cleaners of the soul. So we remove what doesn't belong, a lot of different ways, and restore and bring what can enhance and beautify and make whole. 
So if somebody was to, you know, sign up and come for a shamanic journey, like I know the experiences, having had a couple experiences with you, they can be different and they can be variable. But are there some things that, you know, tend to be the same, like the length of time or the way that you connect or the way that they walk away feeling? Like, are there any things like that? Like, how would you describe it to somebody who's curious and has no idea what they're getting into? (laughs) Basically, in my, there will be some form of asking the person to identify what their intention for themselves is. Not a lot of history or backstory really, um, you know, is, is really required. And then the practitioner will prepare the person, however, to make them comfortable. Uh, describe, I will be consulting with my own spirit helpers. I make a little noise. And I make a little movement to engage with them, to get myself in a, in a particular state to be able to engage with them. I'll tell you what they advise, and then we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might require me singing around you or light touch or other kinds of activity. Um, and I'll describe that along the way. But fundamentally, it's me consulting with my helping spirits to ask them what we can do for you, for your healing today. Mm. And they will just do that. So you just need to be present with me, be curious, and be relaxed in a, in a, in a state of receptivity. That's all that's required of you. I know from from my practices, it's been really helpful to continue to integrate even after like the shamanic journey experience. I'm curious again for people who have never tried it before and maybe want to, is it just like a one and done? Like they come and they see you for an hour and it's healed. Does it vary? Are there things that they'll need to do in the aftercare process? What does that look like? Yes. So all of the above. Lots of times people do come and I don't hear from them and see them again for years because I'm more laissez-faire. I'm not, not always, I won't say never, but not always in the habit of prescribing. You know, I leave it to the, to the, uh, to the client to determine when they're ready um, go inside, check with them, their own selves, and when they're ready to do some more work. There's always work to do. So sometimes I'll get a call from a person that I've seen maybe 10 years ago. You know what you did back then really helped me so much. And then there are other people that like to come in a lot, you know, uh, like frequent sessions, and then we work a variety of different ways. Lots of times, what they receive in the shamanic healing really integrates well with other modalities that they're they're uh, working with, and, and it helps to maybe augment or amplify uh, or speed along uh, whatever progress they're making in, in whatever other way that they're seeking to grow and, and heal themselves. Sometimes the spirits, oftentimes the spirits have some kind of advice or suggestion about something specific to do to integrate uh, the healing, um, not always, but oftentimes. And that, that could be anything from take a walk in a certain place in nature for five minutes, three times a week, to 
you know, creating an altar or having a particular, doing a ritual once or twice or something, you know, keep a journal or watch your dream, you know, all kinds of varied. Um, sometimes they'll give me a song to deliver. Here's a song. You can sing it. You can sing it to keep vitalizing yourself with this healing spirit power that you've just received and keep yourself reminded and in that resonance, keep creating it yourself. So all kinds of things they advise for furthering the healing and uh, yeah, come as frequently or as infrequently as they like. Sometimes the work really goes very, very fast. The particular spirits I'm working with this, those days are my real <gasps> One <laughs> really big, and we just go, and then you know, and there it is. And sometimes it's very gentle and very uh, slowly paced and quiet. Uh, so yeah, that that's another thing there that, that it's never boring. Yeah, <laughs> it hasn't been when I have worked with you. <laughs> it's been really fun, actually, fun yeah. and fruitful. Mm-hmm. So how might somebody like know that they need a shamanic healing? Like what are like, I know for me, it was like, I was like, I know I need some sort of support. And then like a friend mentioned their experience with you. And I was like, that feels, that feels right for me. And then I just waited on the timing of it, you know, mm-hmm. but for people, yeah, just for people that are at varying levels of attunement to knowing that they need that. I mean, if it's your first time, you might not even know that this is an option. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. What are some of the things that people either come to get help with or some of the maybe signs and signals that they could look out for in their body or in their being that this could be a supportive practice for them? By and large, uh, the, the, uh, the greater percentage of people have been suffering a long time. And you probably have experienced this too. They've, they've sought relief, uh, in a wide variety of places and the condition continues to exist. The suffering remains. And so oftentimes for homeopathy as well as, uh, uh, shamanic healing, you know, we're seeing people who've been searching everywhere and somehow you know, somebody ends up or they end up reading about or they found it on the internet and and it resonates with them. This sounds like something I could possibly benefit from. And so if they're feeling it that strongly, they do, you know, look us up. Or if they have the gift of a friend or an acquaintance that happens to um, suggest it, then uh, then that's also how they come but by and large it is i don't that often or historically for for my own history of practice it's not been from people who were specifically seeking shamanic healing or homeopathic healing it's because they were suffering and somebody suggested it so for something chronic you know so Chronic physical illness, chronic emotional illness. Um, depression is a huge one. People who've suffered like that, depression and anxiety, and there's plenty of that to go around in our day and age um, these days. People who have um, this feeling that there's something missing, and they, they can't put their finger on it, something in their themselves or something in their lives 
just feels missing. And they, they don't know how else to describe it. Sandra Ingraman's uh, work and book on soul retrieval spoke to a lot of people. Mm. Her languaging around that because it came from her own personal experience of that and, and then having soul retrieval healing. So that concept definitely has resonated uh, with, with a lot of people today. And then the other forms of shamanic healing, not so much because shamanic practice, you know, it's not necessarily something that resonates for everyone. But people do relate to the idea that they do have some kind of spirit resource that's been helping them or that they can appeal to or they're wishing they could appeal to or they're hoping that it has been really there. And so shamanic practice hopefully serves to connect them to that. Spirits are real. Mm-hmm. And they are really there for you. If you've made it this far in your life, you've had some spirit help. If you want to know more about that or feel that or be able to work with that more deeply or more vividly, then, you know, this is one way uh, to connect with this. And, and it is universal. It spans all the varieties of spiritual expression. It appears through anthropological and archaeological <laughs> work that shamanism, shamanic practice, connecting with spirits is perhaps the earliest known spiritual practice of humanity, going back tens of thousands of years, evidence of this. So it's a reclaiming of this particular spiritual inheritance that we can access this through direct revelation through our own seeking. We don't need a middleman or a middle woman to be describing for us what to believe and what to subscribe to. Mm-hmm. We can go directly to our own spirit helpers and be taught about that. Mm-hmm. And be taught about that. So and that's what shamanic healing helps you to do. Mm-hmm. It's fundamentally what uh, shamanic work is about Mm -hmm. and honoring each person's ability or interest to do that, respecting each person's spiritual independence or spiritual sovereignty in that respect. Mm -hmm. I don't know how fast you want to grow and expand and mature, uh, but um, you know, somewhere you have some resources that can help give you an idea about that yourself. So I know when I've done the two shamanic journeys with you, like we were in Santa Barbara, I was up here in Northern California and you were down in Southern California and we did them remotely. Is it possible to experience physical healing from something like that that can be done remotely? And like, how does that work? Yeah. Like how is that a possibility? So non-ordinary reality where the spirits abide outside of our uh, consensual reality here in the physical, is reality out of time and space. So shamanic practitioners have famously and and, uh, always worked long distance. Being able to send 
spirit helpers to others over the distance uh, and work this way. But our, our grand experiment uh, in this modern day has been, well, well, what is the interface through the internet? How do, we, how do we do that? We know how to do it in person, our methods and practices, ancient ones and, and modern ones. And we know how to do it long distance. But this is, we, can still, we still have some kind of physical connection. We can hear and see each other. And there is this medium of wavelength, if you will, uh, light and sound and electricity and, and radiation and magnetism, you know, all that comp- comprise the uh, computer world, the virtual world. So how do we operate through that? And so, you know, we've come up with ways, uh, the, the specific methods and practices where we can do that and and people are reporting you know that they feel yeah 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 uh, something happened here on my <laughs> end when you did that so it, it's you know we're, we're experimenting we're playing with this and um, having some very beautiful results very beautiful results as it lovely i know i i felt it i mean but i've also been studying this for 10 years you know so it but it was really um cool to experience that even remotely even though we've we've actually never met in person <laughs> yeah we will we will next week <laughs> we've never met in person before yeah. yeah that's the other intriguing thing i mean there's people that i've worked with i've never even seen visually wow cool until you know now that we have the internet so all those years working long distance you know lots of people i've never seen wow very cool so I know you teach, you know, as a faculty member through the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. What can you tell us is like unique about them, the organization and the teachings that you lead through their organization as maybe opposed to like going and learning from somebody else? So Michael Harner, way back when, he has two basic books. One that he originally wrote, his, his um, uh, iconic Way of the Shaman. Uh, where he describes how he came into this work. And then more recently, his last book, Cave and Cosmos, where he describes how he came about this. He was um, an archaeanthropologist and was initiated by uh, the Shuar in South America. And he was very curious about what he was experiencing through those initiatory happenings and connections with those people. And so he started to do research both um, through the literature as well as uh, in his direct interface with with shamans of different cultures uh, around the world and found that there were certain methods and practices and concepts that were universal, global, or common. And so he gleaned that, and uh, particularly for the methods and the practices, he choreographed the the essence of these methods and practices, you know, to be doable in our modern times. And then, you know, experimented with a lot of us (laughs) on this work. Will people have an effect from this, much as you know what is described and what have I just 
experienced from indigenous practitioners and, and learned from indigenous practitioners and, you know, can a modern day person like me journey out of body to connect with helping spirits and are spirits real? So 50 years of investigating this. Wow. So Way of the Shaman describes how we started with it. Cave and Cosmos is really beautiful because he, he even more succinctly outlines the nature of the practice. These are universal, uh, global, common elements of shamanic practice that everybody all around the world can recognize, understand, and has engaged these concepts. And so, so once you become exposed to those um, basic methods and practices and concepts, you learn to recognize throughout all the institutionalized religions, the religious traditions that, and any other spiritual tradition, and any other culture, uh, shamanic culture, you will recognize the basic elements of spiritual practice, of these spiritual concepts in all of that. And so many people from a wide variety of other cultures, other traditions, they've been schooled and and brought up with their own teachings and their own concepts from their culture. They come and take the core shamanic classes, go, oh yeah, I recognize the fundamentals of that. They can take that, you know, to their own culture and to their own home. And, and it rounds out uh, the understanding of what we're doing. Mm. So uh, I found this to be r- really, you know, the, the, the entire nut of what is valuable, has been valuable for me with core shamanic practice. It's, that's the, um, the moniker for it, core shamanism. And so this is what we teach that you know these well choreographed uh, methods and practices. We teach the methods and practices. You take that and see where you get with it. And uh, hopefully, you know, number one, what you get with it is the connection with to be able to find. It's a discipline. It's a practice. Journeying. Uh, that's the other thing that characterizes shamanic practice. That the shaman journeys out to non-ordinary reality, to connect with the helping spirits. So when you bring all that back and even call those helping spirits here to ordinary reality, you know very specifically who you're working with. Mm -hmm. So that's the other uh, thing that really distinguishes um, shamanic practice. You know who you're working with. So if someone's looking for a shamanic healing practitioner to work with, I mean, obviously you are fantastic. And that sounds like a lot of people at FSS, the Foundation for Shamanic Studies, have also trained and practiced in this way. What would be your recommendations? Like, what are green flags to look for when looking for a shamanic healing practitioner? That they describe their work this way. You know, that they've connected with their helping spirits, that they um, engage in shamanic journey practice, you know, and and that they've trained in the methods and practices, both with what their helping spirits have taught them, as well as training with other shamanic practitioners. Traditionally, in any other culture, the shamanic practitioners have been trained one way or the other. And yes, by paying somebody, you know, for the teachings and 
and to guide their practice to, you know, that they, they woke up one day, they have had some kind of an experience. Oh my goodness. There's this stuff I'm dealing with now in these, with this an invisible connection. What is that about? And then seeking um, a teacher to help them understand what's going on with them. So there is a bit of training background. So, you, you know, you, you want to have some kind of idea that they, you know, they've worked at it a bit, hmm. worked at it a bit. But, you know, that being said, you're going to be taking the Way of the Shaman Basic Workshop. Hmm. You'll be able to offer after, at, as a result of that, uh, learning those methods and practices that are introduced in just the, the, the that introductory workshop, you will have a couple of methods and practices that you can offer someone say, I just learned this. I need to practice it. Would you like, you know, to do this with me? You'll be able to offer that. So there's that level of it too. You know, a sincere person wanting to see. And then the effectiveness of it is the proof in the pudding. You know, so there's no one else you know, that can proclaim you to be a masterful shamanic practitioner. And, you know, it takes a certain degree of integrity and honesty with yourself to be able to state that. I, for one in myself, I was saying that I, I'm a slow learner. I still to this day don't feel 100% or 105% confident to proclaim myself that. I'm a practitioner. Mm -hmm. I'm a practitioner. And I, quite frankly, am always delighted and surprised if it works. <laughs> <laughs> you say you feel better? Yay. Yeah. Because I deliver spirit power. I deliver some kind of inspiration, maybe some kind of a teaching for you. But, a pep, but the, 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 the main nugget is the delivery of spirit power. Is that going to, is that going to help you? Will it help you? I hope it does. I hope it does. But when I give it to you, now it's yours. Mm -hmm. So if you, you know, apply your, uh, your attentiveness to cultivate that and to pay attention to it, then, you know, you'll derive even more benefit from it. Sometimes that's not even necessary, you know, but it's nice when you do uh, have an interest in integrating the, the healing work and integrating the spirit power to expand your own understanding of yourself and embrace your, your wholeness. Lovely. Thank you. So what practices do you do personally? to help you stay embodied? Like how do you ground and integrate your own healing work? A lot of things. <laughs> Neurographic. <laughs> That's my new thing. But um, yoga practice, hands down, yoga practice. Um, I've been a student of Iyengar style yoga um, for many, many, many years and uh, great appreciation for that. Um, it's for an aging body, you know, especially at this time of life, I'm finding it essential. Um, uh, and uh, I never stop learning, you know, about being present. Also, you know, just freeform dance meditation, not that I, you know, so I 
keep some dance in my life that way, even if I'm not performing any longer. And athletics. So I paddle outrigger canoes and stand up paddling, anything in the ocean to running, to hiking, to being out in nature. You know, my practice, my spiritual, my shamanic practice, of course, takes me out there to engage with the beings that surround us. So all of that, staying very, very, very present. It's not about, you know, being, being in the shamanic state of consciousness and spacing out the whole purpose of going into the shamanic state of consciousness, that light altered state is to be more present. And when you have all these aspects of your soul retrieved for yourself, you can be more present in your life, more present in your life to pay attention and to navigate it well. So yeah, I do, you know, a lot of things. I still, I don't, necessarily make music the way um i used to but i still chant and tone i formed a um vibrational sound healing group with some friends of mine we we well we just celebrated our 25th year oh we called ourselves ting sha for the (laughs) four guys and two of us women all of us musicians. So my friend Lauren plays the harp and uh, the guys are uh, play Native American and uh, Indian and Japanese flutes. And I have, you know, various other musical instruments. And so together with the um, vibrational instruments, we have an enormous array of gongs and Tibetan bowls and everything. And we are too old to lug around our stuff anymore. So it's lovely to see, uh, you know, a new generation of you know, sound healers coming on board these days that are very enthusiastic. But, you know, I still do that. We used to offer what we called harmonic renewals. And these were uh, at the turns of season, big circles of people, (laughs) ceremonial, you know, ceremonial format culminating in the sound journeys uh, with all of our stuff. So, you know, I still engage in in that. Um, Also, through uh, the connections with my helping spirits, I I received inspiration for creating performance pieces over time. So I mentioned the acapella groups and uh, also uh, multimedia, multi-creative pieces along the way, too. So life has been very full and very rich um, and creative. And I always considered that the performance or the delivery all of, the, of all of these things or all of these venues or modes of expression were to expand the spirit vitality, to expand love, to expand uh, enhanced resonance um, to anybody who wanted it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I feel that in my heart. <laughs> All right. So our last question before we dive into rapid fire, if you could go back and tell a younger version of you, maybe the part of you that was like on track for nursing school, you know, going in and out of that, if you could tell yourself anything, what would it be? Oh, I'm glad that you followed whatever inspiration you followed. It was kind of like playing blind man's bluff, you know? head blindfold on and feeling around like this, not knowing anything. 
didn't know anything about anything. And so what, what is that? And learning and, you know, learning to engage it and deliver it and learning about the nature of ourselves as a result. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you did that. I had no idea I'd end up like this. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very happy I ended up like this. Life has been rich. Beautiful. All right. So these are our five rapid fire questions. We do them with all guests at the end. Okay. Now this makes me nervous. <laughs> rapid fire. A rapid fire. So just a short and sweet answer. Just the first thing that comes to mind for you. What is your human design? I experience myself as a transducer and capacitor to draw from the electronic world. Cool. Transducers transform and convert one form of energy to another. And a capacitor uh, uh, enhances the capacity, uh, literally, to store energy so that it can be, be delivered. And that's what, uh, how I would describe the nature of the relationship with uh, the spirit helpers, is being able to uh, expand the capacity um, to, to hold spirit power, to imbibe spirit power, and then to be able to convert it and deliver it in a way that's helpful. So that's how I experience my human design. Lovely. What is your favorite place in nature to be in or where? Where is your favorite place? Ocean. Ocean. Anywhere. <laughs> what is your beverage of choice right now? Beverage of choice? Well, I love tea. Certain forms of mushrooms are, are I'm happy to imbibe. And then um, my wonderful daily indulgence is chai. Mm, me too. <laughs> What is your top tip for good energy hygiene? Good energy hygiene. So whatever helps you feel delight and awe and gratitude and bring a smile to your face, do that. Mm-hmm. One person was saying, how can we how can we abide? Here we are in beautiful Santa Barbara, sunshine, ocean. When there's so much suffering, we've got now in Turkey and Syria this amount of devastation. And my helping spirits say, we need to continue to uh, anchor this capacity for delight and joy, gratitude, kindness, and lovingness. We need to anchor that. We need to continue to cultivate that no matter what and bank it for these times and to extend it in whatever we feel, whatever way and to whatever uh, degree we feel we can. Somebody needs to balance the pain and suffering and sense of disruption and sense of degradation. We need this to balance that. Establishing harmony and balance, it's essential. Mm. Not flippantly having fun necessarily, but that experience of joy, delight, gratitude, smile, kindness, respect for the balance. We're not in a vacuum. We're not isolated. It transmits. It transmits somewhere. 
however small, however wide, it transmits. Your kindness transmits. Believe it. (laughs) I feel it. (laughs) How would you define healing? Just that. uh, Becoming whole, connecting to all these aspects and dimensions of yourself, feeling whole. And then in turn, connecting and connecting and connecting to the ultimate wholeness in our connected universe. And if you have that capacity, beyond. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you, Mujiba. This has been such an enriching conversation. This is marvelous. You're just so (laughs) precious that you open yourself to this and um, make this invitation for us to express ourselves, you know, because this, for so many years, it's not been, you know, that acceptable necessarily to talk about these things. And now it's wide open these days and there's a lot more acceptance and actually there's a lot more receptivity and hunger for it. So thank you for having this ability to number one, work with the technology. (laughs) That's not my my capacity, but you know, that, that you feel yourself to be someone who can be a transducer in your way and a capacitor for this. So thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a, a great honor and privilege to converse with you about these things today. So if somebody wants to come and see you, like I do a shamanic journey like I did, or come and learn with you in a workshop, where might they go to connect with you? Primarily because I don't necessarily, you know, cast about and advertise Primarily, my work through the foundation and my work as a uh, shamanic practitioner, you can access at www.shamanism.org, shamanism.org, and that's the Foundation for Shamanic Studies website. And so my, my classes are listed on there and, and all of that. And then my website is Heartway Muse, all one word, heartwaymuse.com description of me. And I think my email addresses are there too. And we'll link to those in the show notes. So for anybody listening that just wants direct access to either of those websites, they are going to be listed in tandem with this episode. So yeah, you can go get more info if you want it. If you're open and curious. (laughs) Thank you, Mujiba. Thank you, Beth. Be well. Thank you. You too. Elizabeth here with a little extra show note. Mujiba and I just wanted to share with gratitude a shout out to Joanne Chartrand and her work and the work of her partner as well. Joanne has been deeply impactful on both of our lives and helped to connect us. She is a somatic practitioner and works to hold family constellations, relational constellations. And you can find out more about her work at relationalconstellations.com or in the link in our show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Exploring Healing Arts podcast. I hope that our words, our stories, and the wisdom shared on today's episode inspire you and support you in feeling connected. If you loved this episode, please leave us a five-star review so we can reach more people. And as a thank you for listening, join me for a mini course on energy hygiene. You get three simple practices you can do anywhere, anytime to support you in feeling more grounded, 
connected to yourself, and confident in your energetic boundaries. Sign up at energyhealingelizabeth.com slash energy hygiene. Thanks for being here today, and I look forward to being with you again soon. The primary purpose of the Exploring Healing Arts podcast is to inspire and educate. As a reminder, the information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to speak with your doctor for professional medical advice or treatment. Opinions offered on this podcast are just that, opinions.